Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the amazing Chris Bevan Lee from the awesome band The Everliving. This is a band that I've only discovered over the last six months and they're phenomenal. This is a band that have just released a brand new album called Artificial Devices and as you're listening to this interview, please go and check it out. You can stream it on any platform like Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. But once you do, let me know because I believe this band are phenomenal. They're only a two-piece and honestly, they're just so, so good. And I promise you the interview is great and coming up in just a couple of moments time. What I always like to do on Mark and Me is use the intro to touch base and talk about my last episode. It was over a couple of weeks ago, but hey, I did go and get married, I went on a honeymoon and I had a bit of time off, so I think that's a good enough excuse. I was joined on episode 220 by Danny from the incredible band Dune Rats. A really funny interview, so much energy, so silly, but the response was fantastic. So thanks to everyone that tuned in and listened to that interview, shared it, and just overall gave me some incredible response. But as I said, today's interview is all about the amazing band, The Ever Living. So I think the best thing to do right now is to get to that interview. So here's me and Chris talking all things music. So Chris, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Um, what I like to do with the guests on the podcast is take it right back to the start. I want to know when you were growing up, what was those first albums that you remember maybe using your pocket money on or, you know, that you remember investing in and absolutely falling in love with? Guys in rock and metal bands usually say something ridiculous like Slayer, Rain and Blood or Nirvana, Nevermind. It's obviously bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so it would have been something, you know, kiddie stuff um i'm pretty sure one of the i'm i keep telling this to everyone at the moment but I, i've got a sunday routine watching top of the pops repeats and they're on 93 at the moment so i i just saw as charles and eddie was on there when they had um would i lie to you exactly i think that was the first album i bought with money um so that would have been what 92 ish uh, and that would have been, you know, Christmas money. And I think I bought that from a Boots in Southampton on the top level. But yeah, it was probably because I heard that song on top of the pops and I quite liked it and um, probably never, never listened to the album. But yeah, it wasn't anything rock and roll, that's for sure. They're, they're a very one hit wonder, but I'm not going to lie. I think it was one of my first ever cassette singles. I think I I absolutely love that tune. It shows our age, but yeah amazing it's a great tune yeah i didn't buy the single i went I was straight for the album i don't know why maybe i don't know it was, don't know why i think one of the i think one of the guys died a couple of years ago maybe I can't oh remember. no yeah, i was looking i was looking them up recently yeah it's a good tune very good and then what about live music so going to your first gig you can tell me now oh it's metallica but what truthfully was it what was your first gig that you remember going to see that made, yeah this is what I it was well well the first well technically first gig what made you well, was one in my dream I remember having a dream when I was at secondary school uh, that I was playing in a, a, a band on at like the school assembly. I remember waking up thinking that the, the feeling was amazing. Oh, that's quite because I wasn't really into that kind of music back then. And then in, my girlfriend's sister had a band, so I used to go to watch them, and I started getting the bug there. But yeah, first proper gig was Newfound Glory at the oh, Guildhall wow. in Southampton with uh, Finch supporting. Uh, and that time was, you know, I was. You know, full-on sort of Slipknot fan um so we went to just 
to go to a gig really and finch came out and they they opened with uh project mayhem uh they're sort of yeah like hardcore track and we were like oh it's too they're super in the mood for something heavy um and that's a great record actually i still still spin that sometimes but yeah a bit different uh after that i think what it is to burn is a hell of an album um right isn't it yeah really good and i remember mm. them they were like the ultimate sort of emo band that people loved and went through but they were amazing i saw them live a few times and the energy they had i thought they they, they never kind of topped it they i know they brought out a couple more albums but they never really kind of got the same heights as that no there was a that second album wasn't it that had a bit of a faith no more sort of influence and there was a, i think there's a track called ink which is really cool really cool yeah. chorus um and they did that track for the underworld film as well which was really good was it worms of the earth that was great Very yeah opening. but that was it yeah, and that was then cool. it kind of just yeah. i don't know it just kind of faded out so at that point were you kind of looking at this at the gig thinking it's what you want to do or was it a bit later on in life i think well we did we did a band around then we were trying to start a band with with school friends and we went on you know we went on tour with uh devil driver and god forbid and a couple of other bands and um sort of packed it in for quite a long time and went to university and moved to London, met my wife and um, sort of that rekindled my passion for the music side of things because she likes a lot of the same stuff as I do. And um, it's really sort of when we decided that I probably weren't going to have kids and a um, bit of an early midlife crisis that I thought, wow, I've probably got some time to sort of dick about in a band. Um, and I think the job at the time wasn't really doing stuff that was creatively fulfilling so uh it was a silly idea at the time and i probably regret doing it because it's hard work and it's stressful doing something in your 30s from scratch but um yeah like when when i'm sitting there writing um it's very enjoyable so that's what i really like actually you're very transparent and very honest and a lot of people come in here and sell the picture that being in the band is the greatest thing in the world and that they could never go a day without it now with you no. guys you just said then sometimes it isn't all you know it's all as people want it to be so is it kind of a struggle because like you said some bands start now I've, I, I was recently at 2000 trees and i'm seeing these bands on stage blowing the absolute roof off these tents and stuff and they're literally in their 20s i'm like my god what i do to like shave 20 years off my life 22 year olds getting the mic in the crowd and i'm like mm-hmm. like you said in your 30s it's a bit more uh, effort it's a bit more energy yeah, it's not, it, yeah, there's a business side to it as well. I mean, I find it to me, it's like a, a, a it's like a, um, it's like an abusive relationship. It's this thing that keeps pulling me back, and I keep wanting to like get away from it, and it just pulls me, it sucks me back in. Um, it's it's a weird one. I mean, I did this, I did the the kid thing and the going on tour and getting really drunk and playing shows, and yeah, it's great fun and I've got I've got really great memories. But it, it back then it was wasn't about the music. It was about you know bang some songs together and get on the road. Yeah. And and doing this again was the complete opposite. It was you know maybe we're not going to play live a lot, but we're going to spend not loads of time writing. But you know we're that is that it, that comes first. The music comes first, and then everything else come comes second. Yeah. And I suppose, is it the fact that that mindset of not wanting to rush out because you've got those different commitments in life, like you said, why mm. you've got mm. priorities now, you need to earn money. Does it give mm. you a whole new perce- perspective in the fact that it is all about the music? It is about trying to compose something that you're so proud of instead of just basically getting pissed and playing in a pub? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think when we started the band, we we did try and do it the traditional way and found out very quickly that it wasn't going to work that way. Um, and I think 
after that first record, we, we were trying very hard. We were uh, taking ourselves very seriously. Um, and that's kind of made me not enjoy it. And I think after that first album came out, I kind of needed a big break. And I think lockdown made me realize that actually there's, it's not a five member band. It's, it's the two, two guys, me and Andy, who write everything 50, 50, it's us two. And if we do it live, we'll just find friends to learn the songs and play it with us, um, and have fun. And, um, yeah, we, we might not play live. We might just put a gig together if we feel like it, but we are going to do this in a sustainable way where we're not going to spend loads of money, you know, spent loads of money on doing music videos and stuff like that last time. And this time it was, how can we do stuff that looks good? for no money and um you know i designed the artwork i did all the, the music videos um so it's just if we can do it in a sustainable way then we can uh, be more prolific and and put more stuff out and, and not take ages between albums i mean that's a really good way to look at it and a lot of bands emphasis now is to get on the road as soon as they can to promote get on mm. every lineup of festival every gig they can do every support slot because they want people to buy a t-shirt and a vinyl and get the word out there do you feel it's a bit more pressure on you because you haven't got the chance to go and hopefully be seen supporting a bigger band in London or getting on a festival lineup and hope that someone walks past your tent and goes, oh, I'm going to invest. You've kind of got it a bit more of an uphill struggle, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I felt the pressure to play live on the on the first on the first album. Um, yeah. I feel like I've, I'm managing my own expectations this time. So I don't feel the pressure, but I am a, I'm very aware that by not doing it this way, uh, I do get worried about how that's perceived because it yeah. might come across as that we're not interested or that we don't like playing live or that we're not very good live because we use, you know, everything's uh, done with computers or whatever, which is not the case. Um, uh, our live shows are great, but we we just don't, like you say, it's the, we've done the running around playing to five people in a pub thing when we were younger and it's not what it's about this time. and. And uh, I think the first time we did it, we wanted to be very particular about what shows we played. And actually, when we put that first TV out, we got some great support slots, did a festival, and um, that was going really well. But um, it just it just took a few times that didn't go well for me and Andy to get really bummed out. And we're both quite similar, and it does affect us. And we just thought, you know what, we could be at home drinking wine with our cats and our, our partners. And <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 do, we're doing it when we know it's going to be good for everyone us include us and the crowd right um, of course i'm sure i'm sure it's cool for someone to be like the only person in the audience and say i remember seeing this band and i was the only one there i'm sure that was great for one person but it's not good for us <laughs> no and, and with the dynamic of the two of you only kind of having that many brains to write together and kind of be creative you haven't got too many egos that can come to the room you haven't got this whole four or five members where you're trying to always compromise and all of you agree on the same thing so with you and Andy so it's good. quite nice that there's just the two of you oh. just to bounce off each other and if, if it doesn't go right you just go away come back another day and it, it's literally just the two of you it's lovely it's great that's the best thing about it and that's why I want it to continue and I don't want all the other bullshit to, to ruin it um we did a live stream last thursday going through the album and talking about it because we did four tracks each i think he's he ended up saying there's only one song that we ever half a song or half an idea that was ever scrapped every song that i've started has become a song and every time a song he started that we shared with each other has become a, a song so it's we're very sort of forgiving and open with each other and um, we're very in sync musically. So I'll start a track with drums, keyboards, send it to him. He'll add the guitars and the bass, send it back to me. I'll tweak it around, add vocals, done. 
and then here start a track with drums bass guitar send it to me a lot of keyboards vocals back to him and we did we just do that and that's how it works and yeah you're right it's 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 so much better when you don't have someone who for instance you know plays the drums and wants to start writing songs and it's even you know just a third person coming in it creates this a different dynamic and it's something that we not really interested in doing it's just it's so easier having the two of us doing it and with the new album artificial devices was this written during lockdown or was it a bit later on than that the first first track was done in april 19 right. um and then basically it was i wasn't quite ready to andy sent me a song and i wasn't quite ready to get back into it again um because it affected me quite badly the first one but um it was the second lockdown where we really sort of cracked on you know first lockdown was drinking and watching tv shows and then you know when get a bit bored second lockdown was like okay i think we should try and be productive now it's a good chance to do something um and then yeah so he sent me another track during lockdown and then the second lockdown and i was like okay this is really cool and then i just got mine done quite my four quite quickly um so yeah there were definitely none of the lyrics are about lockdown or anything like or covid like that but it was you know things happened during lockdown like me going vegan and stuff like that definitely helped me sort of think about themes and stuff what was it that made you go into vegan then during lockdown was it just the fact of let's try something new and try and do something healthier and good for you uh i'd been messing around sort of toying with going vegetarian b- before that um because my wife's been vegetarian since she was like four years old um and it was it's made me think more about how we treat animals i think and you know f- the, the fact that where it came from you know where covid came from i was i was expecting a lot more people to to think this way as well about you know, how things are we get diseases from animals and so, things like this and it just made me think but also you know we've got two cats and ever since we got the cats that made me think more about you know this cat is you know they're not supposed to be the most intelligent animals but they have personalities they have likes and dislikes and um yeah, I wouldn't want anything bad happening to them. So why would I, you know, why would I be prejudiced about, or why would it discriminate against you know, other animals just because they're not pets or whatever? Um, so yeah, and then that just causes more problems because then you just think about that all the time and how much how bad bad it is and um, how not, you know, we're seen as the crazy people because we don't want to kill animals and eat them torture them and all that sorts of stuff yeah so it's just more stuff to get annoyed about in the world <laughs> I did the same two, two years ago um uh, my, oh, girl, cool. my girlfriend's vegetarian and she was always cooking me separate food and like oh I'll do you mm. rest and all this and I was like just don't bother like let's just stop you know I don't I don't like the thought of eating animals but I've done it in my life so I'll just stop and before I knew it it was so easy there were so many alternatives yeah everywhere great. you go yeah. now it's like do you want the vegan menu I'm like yeah that's fine I can't mm. go complete full vegan. I've got leather shoes, no, and belts, and stuff. But yeah. okay. I, I'm I'm in the point where I can feel a lot healthier from it. I know I've lost weight Good. from it, and I just feel better. Good. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the healthiest vegan. I must say. I mean, I do have. I do eat the you know pea protein. I do eat a lot of the, the meat substitutes. Not all. Not every meal. And we usually treat ourselves to a you know Beyond Burger at lunchtime yeah. on Saturday. Um, but yeah, my wife cooks every night from scratch. She's a great cook. Everything she she rarely uses uh, the meat substitutes. Um, it's always vegetable based. But yeah, she's a great cook. So I'm very lucky, and it's very easy now. I think it really is. Everywhere I go, it's it's amazing. Like there's no chance. Like some people are like, oh, I couldn't ever have that alternative burger. But it's like, well, McDonald's, KFC, mm. Nando's, Burger King, they're all doing alternatives. 
Mm. Have you tried the McPlants yet? I have. It's beautiful. It's good, isn't it? I'm, I'm a bit funny about the KFC one because there, there's a level of sort of effort that these companies put in. And I feel like KFC, you know, did their fries are, uh, are cooked in the... In your, yeah, yeah they, they, they're not making lots of changes they've essentially paid for you know corn to supply a patty so i think that's probably where i draw the line maybe but mcdonald's seems to be making an effort and i think in the future you know a lot of these companies yes they want to make money but they're also they're 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 not supplying they're not in the game of supplying animals right they're in the game of supplying uh protein or whatever and if that comes from plants and it becomes popularized then they, they will switch to that i'm sure they will not go out of business that's for sure. They I will love that people adapt. Are tuned, people are tuning into. I can't wait to hear about this uh, drumming and guitaring and vocals and this way the album's put together. And instead, they're hearing about how KFC isn't the best option if you want a meat substitute burger. Sorry, no. I mean, it, look, if you're stuck in a petrol station and you've got nothing else to eat, then go for it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging at all. Um, and also, you know, there's going to be a time when I'm going to be stuck and I'm going to have to consider cheating or doing something. So, um, you know, never say never, really. But the, the hardest I thing I've had to get this is my um, my dog mm. here. So this oh, is no. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the hardest thing I've had to kind of sacrifice is the 99p cheeseburger from McDonald's. I used to love them. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, there's lots of things. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the middle class vegetarian problem is the the cheese thing, isn't it? Everyone giving up cheese. But actually, that doesn't that didn't really bother me. I think mozzarella on pizza. Someone really needs to be in a laboratory working on a vegan, a, a really good mozzarella substitute. Um, because because I've got a pizza oven in the garden, and I am I am missing that a bit, but it's fine. If if the podcast and your uh, music career doesn't go as far as you want, we could just do that, and we'll just become our own little vegan cheese experts to be the first that does yeah. the perfect substitute and then we'll make millions we won't need to do all this it's gonna happen i mean there's i think somewhere in in america's synthesized sort of lactose which i think is the key that's that's the secret isn't it i think everyone's doing it with you know starches and like coconut oil and i just don't think that's the way forward i think if you can nail lactose synthetically and then you can turn that into you know have that as a powder and you can create uh proper milk you know you have to recreate all the fats and the sugars and yeah that'd be great it's incredible and back to hook me back to your music yes yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously with the album release and obviously that a lot of self-promotion not spending huge money on marketing not doing mm-hmm. huge video budgets is there that little bit inside that's making you say we should do a few gigs we should get out there and play some shows because you've got that itch yes um all the time i mean i'd love to do festivals next year i've missed all of them now um but there's always you're doing sort of press like this and people will say oh what's next and what have you got planned for there's the assumption that we're you know uh that there's there's uh all these offers coming in right and you know we might make contact with people and not hear back from anyone so it might be that we have to do it all ourselves and if there's more covid you know if if it's on the rise again and people are going to stop going to gigs again um do we want to sort of you know put something together and it to backfire i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's worth waiting or that's me trying to get out of it i'm not sure but um i think we just want to i'd love to do i'd probably you know it would be nice to do a um you know like a headline show in london for for people but I think the problem is is like that means we have to get our friends to learn all the songs and then if we just play i feel quite bad if i just for a one show yeah, yeah i feel quite a bit of a dickhead so 
Um, if they want to do that, that's fine. And we probably need to have that conversation. But um, I'd much rather get some stuff in the calendar for next year and then start working up to it um, and go from there. And are you currently writing and already looking at the follow-up to this, knowing that you guys are only a two-man team? You can do it from the comfort of your own home. I like the way you forward and send ideas to each other and add your bits mm. in. It's not like you've got to hire out a big studio and be off work and get certain time off to be in create. Yeah, so um, I've got an idea for, for for an EP that I'd like to put out next year. I, I really want to get cracking on, um, just keep going, really, because we were away for a few years and don't want people to sort of wait that long again um i won't say what it is but it is film related and um it's something i, I want to work on sort of over the cold winter and then record in the spring and then get it out sort of end of next year um but that should be f- a fun thing to do i think you say film related i'm an absolute mm. huge film buff and i'm like come on talk to me talk to me tell me more but it might be you know like our versions of themes or something like that might be amazing yeah from a, an era that you know in the era not avengers or anything like that no what are your passionate films then 80s. i love talking film 80s um well there's i mean I'm, I'm in a room surrounded i built this like 90s safe haven for myself so i'm surrounded by films that not necessarily my favorite films but you know iconic posters yeah i've got like a, i've got an original t2 poster here and i've got a starship troopers poster a robocop poster i mean those some of those are my favorite films but i've got randomly got like an independence day original uh, cinema quad and that's not even one of my favorite films but it reminds me of going to the cinema when I was a kid and being excited and, and you know liking stuff and I'm yeah. getting a bit of a grouch these days so all of this stuff is sort of around me to sort of help inspire me and help put me in that a place where you know I was I was sort of into things more um there was that book it was, it was by a French writer it's like um J.K. Wiesmon is uh, against the grain, and is, uh, the protagonist is basically fills his apartment with artworks and things that he likes, and it basically means he doesn't have to go anywhere because <laughs> he d- doesn't really like going anywhere. And it's just, uh, yeah, he creates his own little world in his apartment, and that's kind of what I've done here. I've got an old, I've got an arcade machine in the corner and a CRT TV, like I play video games and my little your little man cave. Yeah, it's my mat, my back cave, and I can I can write here. I can edit. I can I've got a, a voiceover booth that's soundproof, so I can do my screaming in there, so I can warm up for shows or recording. Um, yeah, it's great. Oh, I could talk films forever, and uh, the the classic cinema posters, even if they're not the greatest films, there's something about it. It just brings back all the child of going into the cinema and then on your way in or way out seeing something that's coming soon. You'd be like, you wouldn't have Netflix or that whole Amazon mm. Prime or anything. You'd just be like, oh my God, we've got to come back and see this because if we don't, it could be two years until it comes out on video. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, my favorite film list changes quite quite a fair bit. My top 10 is pretty solid. I mean, things like Goodfellas, uh, um, uh, Good Will Hunting, Leon, uh, Chunking Express, uh, uh, Hong Kong movie, um, The Apartment, uh, big Billy Wilder fan. Um, Woody Allen stuff as well. Uh, Leon's one of my yeah. favorite of all time. The director is that it? extra sort of twenty-five minutes, and Natalie Portman's performance is just she's great. Matilda is just mind-blowing. Like genuinely, one of the best child performances I've ever seen. And that Eric Serra score is great as well, isn't it's it? Incredible. Yeah, I might yeah. actually watch that after today's interview. Have you got? Have you got a four K player or anything like that? Yeah, four K player. Yeah, the four K version is great. 
It's really nice. Um, there's mm. a lot of uh, controversy about the director's cut because obviously there's a slight hint that he's got like a relationship well, with the, her. But... Yeah, the dinner scene and stuff. Yeah, it is a bit of a. I can see why they cut it. Um, but Gary Oldman in that film, oh my goodness! I mean, every time I watch it, I just forget how good he is in that film. It's he's completely, completely unhinged. He's just amazing. Yeah, just completely transform. You know, it's 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 nothing like him. It's incredible. So good. I remember watching that in a. We were on a holiday in like a caravan park in the New Forest when it came out. I think it was on Sky or something on the TV, and we watched it on holiday. And I was probably about, well, I was probably about twelve or thirteen. But yeah, amazing. One of my parents. <laughs> it's so um, good. It's genuinely a masterpiece. And uh... I've, I've been to the, I've been to uh, his apartment in New York. I, when I go on holiday, instead of doing tourist things, I go to places that are from like films. You know, yeah, yeah, I do the same. It depends where where it's so if it's New York. Every time I go to New York, there's always a new film. I, yeah. I, I think of the film and I, I do the research and I'll just basically go around. So I think the last time I was in New York was a couple of months ago, and I ended up going to the film uh, the, the bar, the Irish pub that's in Goodfellas, um, which is still in um, is it New Haven. Um, it's near the it's near JFK, uh, and I went there for a pint, and um, they've got you know pictures of De Niro on the, on the walls and stuff, and it's hardly changed. So you can see, like you know, there's plaques on the wall where you know you look at the film, and the same stuff as the same topics there. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I'm quite interested in that sort of stuff. Yeah, I went to Philadelphia a couple of years ago. Did all around the Rocky, where um, oh, a yeah. shop is the gym, and then I went to New York. Went to like the hotel that's in Almost Famous, and all that. I just mm. I love it. I love going and just being like, yep, I know exactly. This was the spot where this happened. And it's it's much better than going to like you know st- well you could say such liberty if you like Ghostbusters too but you know somewhere where you know like an art gallery where you're told to go there because like, yeah. this or a museum is like this is interesting because we've got loads of old stuff in here and it's way better just to you know you're linking you know something that you're really into you know if you go to a location it's it, you're bringing yourself to it as well and you know yeah what it makes you feel about it it's great I love it I went to the um I'm sure you've done the same the Ghostbusters firehouse in New York oh yeah, 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 yeah amazing yeah done all I haven't done it for a while yeah. I'm now getting an itch I'm like oh I need to do it again I did uh one of my one of my favorite movies as well Saturday Night Fever oh, and no, um I've got an original quad in our in our basement and um I spent one New York trip sort of going around Bay Ridge area and going to the locations from that and ended up in a uh the 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 dance club that they sort of rehearse for the big dance at the end is now like a massage parlor <laughs> going in for a massage just so i could get in the building and have a nose around Medical. and it, it took me a while because i'm married it took me a while to got in there for hang on a second is this it's not a dodgy yeah. dodgy one is <laughs> honestly sweetheart it's because of the film yeah, yeah yeah yes yeah i tried to explain it to her at dinner and she was like what did you do today i was like yeah sorry Nothing amazing nothing. i could talk movies all day and definitely locations and uh yeah mm. new york for me was one of the best especially like coney island as well for the warriors oh uh, yeah for sure i did i've done coney island yeah for, for the warriors and for wreck room for dream and annie hall um yeah um yeah so with the kind of music scene and the way it is at the moment and you know it's quite hard to push cd sales it's all changed mm. i suppose is your main passion now just for people to hear your music if it doesn't matter what platform I know on something like Spotify, you'd need like a million streams to make enough to buy a bloody Big Mac meal. But um, is it a case of like trying to hope that people invest now? Because I see how much of a waiting list there is on vinyl and production of that. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of delay yeah. release? 
yeah we're not we're not doing physical this time um we made a decision straight away that we weren't going to do it um no one yeah no one's buying cds maybe some people in germany we had a comment on facebook recently some dude johnny uh, dick face from wherever i don't know it's like uh oh, i don't usually i won't listen to albums if they've not come out on cd it's like all right well <laughs> all right cool cool bro you know if you want me to burn it on a cdr and send yeah. it to you you know write with marker pen the ever living artificial devices on it i'll send it to you and you can listen to it um but with yeah the vinyl thing yeah massive backlog my wife tried buying me the uh kick um it's not kick what's it um the blood sport um soundtrack on vinyl for my birthday <laughs> and it's just not turned up that was march it was a, it was a pre-order it's just not arrived I've, i think that there are probably problems at the plant um so yeah we don't have to worry about that stress this time but we we are going to release a t-shirt we're going to do a small number of t-shirts and, and people can and get those um but unless there's a huge demand for it i don't think we're going to bother like you say i'm just happy to get the stuff out there and, and move on to the next one i like the attitude you take for it and it's quite relaxed and a bit in a respectful way quite blasé like hmm. it doesn't matter you haven't got these urgent people telling you you have to release a vinyl you have to get a cd out there you have to tour you're doing what you want yeah we, we, well it's it, a lot of it is correcting mistakes from the album from the first album because the yeah. first album we went all in we went all guns blazing and we were talking to labels and they were saying that they, it was too long and they would have to cut tracks because they didn't want to pay for a double vinyl stuff like that so we ended up going fuck it we'll do it ourselves putting out a double vinyl was more expensive and then um you know but we had to we we were able to do it completely ourselves you know complete control over it but you know, we've still got some boxes hanging around in, in my attic and um, I'd rather them not be, I don't want to add to it. <laughs> I don't no, want more boxes. So I think, you know, um, tastes are changing. I, you know, I just think the CD things just, just don't, not needed anymore, especially for a band our size. Um, so yeah, a t one t-shirt design. I, I You know, Simple. you say blase, I mean, we I spend a lot of time, you know, I've Problem, anxiety problems also you know I spend a lot of time thinking at a band I'm always thinking about it but it, yeah not playing not doing you know physical not playing shows might come come across that we we don't care and we don't want to do it but I, we think about it all the time and everything's yeah. done on purpose everything's been thought through you know whether whether it, it works or not or whether we're correct or not it, it has been thought yeah through. but you'll learn from it you learn from it from your first release there might be stuff on the second release where you're like damn it we should have done a run of vinyl because we've got loads of people asking or something but it's all the experience of basically just constantly evolving isn't it yeah i think i would have um yeah there's already stuff marketing stuff that I, I will tweak for next time because I, I, I do tend to take on too much on my own and i could yeah. probably do a bit more help next time but um you know you learn uh, my final question is, and I think you've heard this if you've listened to the Brandon Boyd episode, is I asked the guest mm. to choose the piece of music that's the final yeah. piece of music. You've probably got a bit of a heads up, and sometimes I like people being put on the spot. But is there a song that you'd love to choose as your actual piece of music today? Because it was the last gig I went to recently, and it was the first gig in like a year. I went to see Granddaddy at the Palladium, and they did um, Software Slump. Uh, with an I've not heard that band for years. I know that's a great album. My wife got me into it, um, and they did a yeah him doing a piano version with an orchestra. So I think it'd be from that, and it'd be Jed the Humanoid because I'm not really a lyric person. It's all it's the music for me and the lyrics. My lyrics are quite abstract. I start with a an, an idea and a theme, and I just go go for it. But um, 
never really got into lyrics when I was like when I was an angsty teenager getting into the music. I wasn't reading them obsessively, no. reading the meaning into them. It was always the music. But um, I love that track. It's a very sad track. And I know what the song's about, but it, for some reason, hearing it live, stripped down with the piano and the, the orchestra, all I was listening to was the lyrics and I really paid attention to them for the first time. And it's really sad. I've always got quite upset. Um, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's lovely. So it's Jed the Humanoid Boy by Granddaddy. That'll be now the next couple of weeks for me now revisiting Granddaddy after probably about 10, 15 years and be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that tr- that first track on the first album was using Charlie Brooker's screen wipe. So I think that got some airtime yeah. quite a bit. But yeah, that second album is incredible. Amazing. Thank you for your time today, Chris. It's been a pleasure. I like the way that this conversation went all everywhere and <laughs> a bit of everything. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I love too it. much vegan stuff. Sorry to the meat eaters. You probably didn't want to hear all that. But yeah. No, it's good. And uh, I've <laughs> seen a lot of my good close friends recently telling me they want to change their life and they're starting to try and be healthier and uh I'm, I'm seeing a massive uplift in a lot of my friends now not just taking the piss out of me and getting on board mm. and trying new things and they're all like god it tastes so great i'm like yeah so you know stop being ignorant i think you know in the future people will look back at this time and just be like they did what they were eating animals that's really weird i think it's things like smoking eating animals will just be seen seen as very weird and cds and cds well <laughs> weird this i know because they still have vinyl in the future won't they yeah somebody said to me the other day that cd's about to come back and i'm like i bloody hope so. oh really yeah i don't un- i tell you what i don't understand the cassette thing can no. you explain that to me people putting fucking cassettes out seriously is anyone walking around with walkmans and this thing's I think I think like, it's because of stuff like Stranger Things. I think everyone wants to have a Walkman and be cool and Guardians of the Galaxy. I think everyone wants to just merchandise with it. Yeah, I mean, I like that 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 band Health. You know, great production on their stuff. Yeah, I don't want to listen to it on a fucking CD. No, no, sorry, a cassette. Sorry, never. No, all right. Awesome, dude. I'll um, say goodbye, wrap this all up, but I really appreciate you coming on the episode. Good luck with the album. Uh, I hope people start, you know, investing. And I reckon before long, I can predict it, you will be out there playing some shows. I think you're (laughs) going to get the itch and people are going to be like, come on. I think so too. Thanks for having me. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Chris from The Ever Living. As I said at the start of today's interview, this is a band that I've only recently got into, but I'm absolutely loving them, and the album is out now. It's their latest album, and you should go and check it out. It's called Artificial Devices, and it's literally on Spotify or Apple Music or any of the streaming platforms. And once you listen, please, please, please let me know, because if I've helped you join Mark and me find a brand new band, that's the best compliment that I can get. I want to say now a massive thanks for Chris for coming on the show. It was an honour to have you on and I really hope our paths cross again in the near future. If you're new to Mark and me and you've enjoyed today's episode, all I ask is you to share it on either your Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. It costs you absolutely nothing to do and it's just a touch of a button. It can mean so much to me and get so many new listeners and be seen by a whole new audience. So you might think it doesn't mean much, but it does. Just hitting that retweet button on Twitter or posting it on your stories on Instagram can bring a whole new set of listeners to me. And that's something that money can't buy. I don't make any money out of this podcast, it's purely a passion project, but what I do have is a Patreon page set up. 
Each and every month, thanks to my amazing friends at Richer Sounds, I have some fantastic prizes to give away. This is my way of saying thank you for supporting the podcast because I have hosting costs, travel costs, and I need to go out there and do as many interviews as I can. And to do this, I need support via Patreon. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, the link is on markandme.com. For less than £1 a month, you're guaranteed at least two episodes a week and some exclusive badges for signing up, some stickers, and I'll surprise you with lots more gifts throughout the year. I just want you to please know that it might only be a pound, but it goes a huge way in supporting this podcast. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. Things are never going to start slowing down for Mark and me. There's some huge announcements coming, and I can't wait to share them all with you. So until the next episode, look after yourself, take care, listen to The Ever Living, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Bye, it's